Hi, welcome to this episode of Let's Work It Out, brought to you by Stay Nimble. We provide on-demand, flexible career coaching for all your work-related challenges. Hello, my name is Jennifer Harper and I'm joined today by Georgie Blackburn. Hi there, everyone. Georgie and I are both career coaches with Stay Nimble, which is a career guidance platform that combines online tools with personalised coaching that supports you to reach your goals. In today's podcast, we want to explore a topic that many of you may relate to, which is, I need a better work-life balance. How do I achieve this? Yes, this is a topic that comes up time and time again with many of our clients. That's whether they're in work, searching for work or self-employed. I think it's just so hard to feel that you've got the right balance, particularly in the current climate when so many of us are working from home or doing a combination of office and home working. I've heard so many people say the pandemic has really blurred lines with many struggling to gain or regain in some cases that separation between their working lives and their home lives. Georgie, what kind of things in particular have you found clients are experiencing? So I hear clients report a whole range of emotions, really, and I think it affects everyone differently. So some might feel tired, upset, irritable, and quite often everyone feels overwhelmed when they're doing too much or have got the wrong balance. It can be hard to shut down as well, I think, if your mind's always focused on work. So quite often it can affect your sleep as well. I have to admit that I definitely find it hard to switch off my mind and get quality sleep at times. So I can definitely relate to that. Yeah, it can be a really vicious circle, can't it? And and I think it just impacts on all areas of your mental health. So you might experience low mood or feel agitated, but physical health too often can be impacted as well. So you might be finding it hard to fit in your regular exercise or you might get backache from sitting at your desk for too long. And sometimes these things just really creep up on you and it's hard to recognise what's happening for yourself. I often find people close to you notice changes in you before you yourself do. That can so often be the case that others mention changes in you first, but it will definitely be different for everyone. I think what's really important here is to take note if people do mention things and to start to think about what's actually happening for you. There's a whole raft of emotions in here, isn't there, Georgie? And when working with clients, I often suggest they call it out by verbalising or writing down the emotions that they're feeling and then try to clearly identify the impact that's having on other aspects of their life and on those around them. Yeah, that's really interesting, Jennifer. Do you, do you have an example of how that, that might work? One of the probably the most common examples here would be something like, I know that the hours I'm working are too long at the moment as I feel tired and irritable when I'm with my family and I feel overwhelmed with all the work I have to do. And we hear this so often. So the impact of this might be on your own sense of well-being as you've had very little time for relaxation or for exercise. It might be on your partner as they're having to take on extra childcare duties or chores. It could be that your relationship is affected as you have such little time together. And then there's your children who might also be missing out. Perhaps you haven't managed the school run for a while. And an add-on feeling here might be guilt as a result of all of this. Gosh, that's such a good idea to, to recognise things in that way and, you know, and to be specific about what's causing the imbalance so that you can really then address it and start to actually find solutions. 
Absolutely right. I often suggest clients keep a diary or write a blog about their day and their week. But importantly, it's about a case of making a point of noting the times down, really split it into tasks such as work, family, exercise, sleeping, chores and so on. And the, the trick is to make sure you write everything down and show how long you've spent on each individual area. Well, I really love that idea. I've seen people colour code it before as well for, for different categories so that you could be really clear about what you're actually spending your time on. And I, I think that approach could benefit so many people. And in fact, I think I might even try it myself. Yeah, I have to say I do it quite regularly. And I think it's a really good habit to get into in order to try to maintain that balance. Yeah. And I, I think really the next step could then be to look at what specific problem you're trying to solve. Really, it's about the goal you're trying to achieve. So one example might be if your job search and applications are taking up most of your week and you're finding it's really affecting other aspects of your life, perhaps you might decide you, you're going to limit your job searching to mornings only. Yeah, I agree. In the past, when setting this kind of goal, I found it really helpful to figure out how I'm going to use this extra time. And that can help to really focus the mind. Oh, yeah, definitely. So in that example that I gave, um, you know, how do you actually want to spend your afternoons if you're going to take that time back? And what imbalance is that going to then solve in your life? It's really thinking about it in terms of a reward that you get for changing things. Yes, I love that idea about incentivizing yourself for making positive changes and, and having that reward, which is really important. Yeah. And I think that allows you to then set yourself kind of clear and achievable actions to actually get to, to where you want to be. And that's going to make the goal much more achievable. And when you're doing that, I'd say really start with the small steps that you know that you can achieve and that can really help with your confidence. And also sometimes getting strict with yourself. I think actually one way could be to mark out the time in your diary that you're going to use for something else so that you can't then sabotage it as easily go back to your old ways. It's almost about changing habits, isn't it? Which can take a lot of practice. And at the end of the day, let's face it, we're all human. So of course there will be slip ups along the way, but seeing things as a work in progress, I think can be helpful as well. Well, I think this is a subject we could talk about all day, Georgie. Yes, that really is such an important topic. It is, isn't it? And I'm sure it's one we'll continue to be having um, behind the scenes. I really hope that this podcast has given everybody listening some food for thought and helped you with some practical tips about how you might approach achieving more work-life balance in your own life. You might also find it helpful to work one-to-one with a Stay Nimble career coach who can support you to stay on track and make sure you're working towards gaining the balance that you personally need. You can link up with a coach through staynimble.co.uk and take advantage of the free 30-minute discovery call. Great, Jennifer. Well, thanks everyone for listening today. And um, we wish you the very best of luck in achieving the right work-life balance for you. Thanks for listening to this episode. For a no-strings-attached 30-minute coaching session, visit staynimble.co.uk.